This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. So a couple of weeks ago, we started this new series highlighting how communities in Africa are adapting to climate change. So basically looking into how are communities dealing with a lot of water? How are communities dealing with rising temperatures? How are communities dealing with less water? So this week... From time immemorial, communities understood how the weather patterns changed. They understood when rains were expected, whether the season would experience lots of water or if it would be dry. They had certain natural indicators that appeared before every new season. So as a result, they knew when to plow their land as well as what best seeds to plant at that particular time. So, but over the years, Climate change and human disturbances such as deforestation has interrupted the reliability of this indigenous knowledge among many communities in Africa. So this week, Africa Climate Conversations podcast visited Mbere in Embu, eastern of Kenya. We met up with Peter Njerongoshi, who is an indigenous weather forecaster and a project manager at Itiki. ITIKI stands for Information Technology and Indigenous Knowledge with Intelligence. So Ngoshi has been working with communities to observe and document climate indigenous knowledge. This information is integrated with the county government's Kenya Meteorological Department observed weather information. I'm hoping that you know Kenya Met decentralizes services. And then the integrated information is then packed into weather advisories and it's disseminated to different sectors, among them agriculture, health, security, and different other sectors. So as Pangoshi's Itiki project, they disseminate this information via text messages on phone uh, to specific farmers that they work with on the project. So I caught up with him and just want to actually understand what are some of these natural indicators? Yes, um... I belong to the Mbere community, and the Mbere community had their ways of looking at things before the rains onset. They depended on the indicators, and the source of indicators, they looked at uh, animal behavior, human behavior, insects behavior. They also had cultural beliefs, and they could tell the implication of the indicators. Can you expound a little bit deeper in terms of these indicators, what they meant? Maybe giving an example, I'll start with the trees indicators. The trees are still there. We have uh, very old indigenous trees. Actually, we, they use, we use indigenous trees, not all the trees, because we have the exotic trees. I could give an example of um, an acacia. We have two types of acacia. We have acacia totiris and acacia malifera. Acacia totiris, when the rains are near, we have it, we see it flowering. If you see an acacia totiris flowering, it indicates that the rains are near. The same case applies to acacia marifera. Then we have other trees like uh, the fig tree. We have fig trees, very big fig trees in different parts of the, the sub-county. So when the onset of the rains is near, 
we have uh, our people, we have ambassadors who go and monitor these trees. One of the behaviors of the trees is like uh, this, the sprouting of the new leaves. We have uh, the other behavior of flowering. Then we have other trees. Uh, I cannot re recall the, the botanical name. We call it Mukerenjo in the local language. So when we see Mukerenjo also sprouting new leaves, it shows that uh, the rains are near. So we do monitor the tree until you see all the trees covered with new leaves. Then the rains, the onset of the rains is there. We have um, other plants like um, uh, I call it in the local language in Dinorio. Dinorios, during the dry spell, uh, they dry up. But when the rains are near, they start sprouting from the ground. And if you see Dinorios sprouting from the ground, it shows that the rains are very near. That's about trees. Do you have a botanical name for Dinorio? Unless I, 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 I try to research yeah. about uh, Dinorio, it's a short plant which is, it's not found everywhere, you know, every part of Mbere, but it is in some regions, in some soils, because we have different soils. Those different plants grow in different soils. So, unless I, unless I research more about Indinorio, for now I don't know the, uh, the, the botanical name. Not a problem. So what else, apart from the trees? Uh, we also have um, the animal behavior. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll mention one of the animals, we have the, the goats. So we have the he goats. If you hear he goats making a lot of noise during the night, uh, they, they, they make a lot of noise because they want to mate. And uh, this is an implication that they want to mate because they know the season is going to be good and they shall have good feeds. So that's why they want to mate. They have kids and these kids will not starve because mm -hmm. there will be a lot of harvest. Mm -hmm. uh, that's about the goat. Then we have the cows. If you see cows, when you're taking cows to take water, mm -hmm. and they don't want to take water, they, they start jumping, jumping around. Though that one is an indication that the rains are near. And when they are coming back home, they don't want to go back home. They want to jump even pass through their home. They want to get inside the shelter because they are very happy. They're happy, meaning that it is indicating that the rains are near. Um, if you see a lot of hedgehogs, everywhere scattered those ones also that one is an indication that the rains are near and the rains are going to be good mm -hmm. then um, with the human behavior uh, i give an example of uh, people the old people in bere we have like uh, two people in bere you don't take water and if they take water it means that the onset is that week actually it's that week because it does not take one week before the onset when they take water. We have identified these people, we have their names, we have their contacts. So when the rains, the onset of the rains is near, we call them and uh, we monitor, we ask them whether they have taken water. And if they tell us they have taken water, then we have very few days for the onset of the rains. That is about human behavior. Wait, so there are people who do not take water at all. What do they take? Uh, they take, uh, they take the, 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 the local, the local uh, porridge. We call it uh, muere. So we have millet. Um, the, the, there is a, a porridge made from millet. This is what is prepared for them. If they don't take one, they can take uh, something like the, the normal porridge from maize. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so are these, are these young people or very old people? Very old people. They are not young people. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. And so uh, apart from now, those people who, who don't uh, take water, are there any other indicators, humans, that people behave? Yes, we have also people who had injuries before. 
uh, when the, rains, the onset of the rains is near, they start feeling pain from the injuries. And when they feel pain from the injuries, it is an indication that the rains are near. Actually, they don't sleep. And when the, the onset of the rain comes, the injuries stop aching. Hmm. Yes. We, we've talked a lot about how uh, the onset of rain and stuff. Do we have indicators that indicate long drought season or a long flooding season? Uh, those, okay, we have uh, two media indicators. One is astronomical, then the other one is about trees, uh, which indicates that the season is not going to be good. So be a bad season. So one of the of it is uh, the, astro, the astronomical one is um, the presence of a very shiny star on the east by the name Kewari. And this star is seen very early in the morning before before the, the onset of the sun. Mm -hmm. Before you see the sun, it's around, uh, let me see, 5 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. You see that very shiny star on the east. The name is Kewari. It shows that that season is not going to be good. It will be a bad season. Mm -hmm. Then on the other hand, we have, um, we have a tree by the local name uh, Modigiriri. Modigiriri is a tree that you, it's very rare to see the, the, the see it flowering. It flowers and then it uh, in, in the local language we say wekorokiangoto. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. So when the tree ekorokiangoto those mm ngotos, -hmm. then it shows that that season is going also to be bad. So that means that is the season that particular tree flowers? Not flowering. Mm -hmm. That uh, that tree, okay, we have the the ones we are calling goto, they come down. But in the other time, when the rains are good, it does not behave that way. Okay. Yes. Okay. Then gotos are like uh, uh, fruits, but they are not fruits because you cannot eat them. It's from the flowers, from the flowers, the next stage. And that stage never comes when the rains are good. When I was growing up, we used to have some very, very beautiful white butterflies. So many of them that used to fly for a couple of days, actually, before I think that, if I remember very well, on scent of the rain, the butterflies. Well, actually, that is one of the things that interested me so much that I still have very fond memories observing nature and how it, you know, basic changes that happens. We used to also have safari ants, my goodness, that used to be crazy, that would terrorize us at night. I'm wondering whether these things still has today, they, they, they are used to indicate what's going on. Thank you very much, Sophie. You have reminded me of other indicators yeah. that were not in my mind. Uh, you mentioned the ants, the safari ants, you mentioned the butterflies. Let me start with the safari ants. Uh, you know, because of um, the damage by the community, we have used insecticides and some of them have killed our indicators. Sure. When, I'm giving, when I'm giving the example of the safari ants, mm -hmm. we have safari ants that go in a straight line. We have others that yeah, scatter yeah, everywhere. Yeah, absolutely, yes. So uh, when you see um, the safari ants scattered everywhere, that one shows a, not a very good season. But if you see them moving on a straight line, mm -hmm. that shows there will be good rains. And uh, because in some areas, like uh, in some parts of Mbere, they have, um, okay, they are doing irrigation with the Mira and they are spraying their Mira every week. We cannot rely on these regions because if you spray Mira, you also spray the insects. And if you spray them, you not, they will not behave normally. 
because they are sprayed, some of them die. You also mentioned, mentioned about butterflies. Butterflies um, is an indicator, but it's a, not an indicator of rains. Mm. It's an indicator of uh, the previous season, what happened in the previous season. Because butterflies develop from caterpillars. Yeah. And um, when butterflies um, are developing from caterpillars, they come from the ground. Mm-hmm. And when they are coming from the ground, it means the, the ground is wet. Mm-hmm. Meaning the previous season was good. There was a lot of rain. So the, the caterpillars are able, even because the ground is wet, are able to come up. Okay. So that's why you see a lot of caterpillars, uh, a lot of butterflies. Because there was a lot of reproduction by the, the caterpillars. That is very interesting that you mentioned that. Because one of the things now I find, I hike a lot. And mainly, like, we go to areas where it's forested and stuff like that. And or probably now in hilly areas where there's still very good vegetation. But one of the things that I rarely see that seems very, you literally go chasing butterflies. It's very hard to see butterflies. What does that say in terms of our environmental degradation issues? That is very true, Sophie. Um, As I mentioned earlier, our people have destroyed the environment. They have destroyed even the homes for the for the caterpillars they have destroyed even the homes for the butterflies so the butterflies you cannot see them because they are only killed they are killed on a daily basis because we are spraying all the time and that's why you see uh, in the olden days we had a lot of honey there was a lot of honey in the olden days because of the forests now we have cut all the forests where we could have uh, our, our our bees going to 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 to, to, to make their food so due to that that's why you see everything has changed. You cannot see a lot of bees. In the olden days, as I was growing, when I was young, um, in a day, I could see um, a lot of bees. In a day, I could, uh, I could see so many swarms of bees. In a day, I could see like 10. But today, it will take me a month without seeing a single swarm. That is true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and speaking of bees, what did they indicate, and what do they even indicate today? And we can expound more even on other different types of birds. About bees. But bees. Yeah, bees. Okay. During the dry spell, we have the the migration of the bees. The bees migrate from the lower altitudes to the upper altitudes when it is in the. In, in the dry spell, and they migrate from the low altitude to the upper altitude in search of water towards Mount Kenya. And when the rains are near, because now the bees know it's natural, they know now the rains are near. So let's go back to the low altitudes because the rains are coming, we shall not have a problem with water. Hmm. Yes. And we have other birds that actually indicates If you see sparrows in the morning uh, moving, they move together in a line making a lot of noise if you see them making noise it, the implication is that the rains are near mm. yes we have other uh, other 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 birds like um uh i don't know the name of the the bird we call it kivuvuteriambura kivuvuteriambura you see even the, the word itself mentioned terrain yeah. so if you hear kivuvuteriambura making noise boo, 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 boo. It means that the rains are very near, and the rain and the rains are going to be good, mm. good rains. Mm. Then we have also another bird that also is a major indicator. We call it the name of the 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 sound it makes because it has two names. One 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 of the name is uh, Baikango, 
and the other one is Motindu. It has two names. Why? Because if you hear that bird making the noise of uh, uh, Baikango, it says Baikango. Uh-huh. And when it mentioned about Ngo, Ngo means Ngo is not wet wood. Ngo dry. is dry. Okay. So if you hear it mentioned by Kango, it means that season is not going to be good. The the forest is going to be to be to be dry oh, because of the Ngo. There'll be a lot of firewood. Then it changes when the the, the, the the season is going to be good. Now when the rains are near, when the rains are near and the season is going to be good, it says now Motindu, Motindu. This Motindu means the young people have gone to, to, to the river to swim. Yeah, so yeah. when they get in the river to swim, they, they are droned. And when they are droned, they are trying to call people Motindute. So they cannot finish. Okay. They cannot finish the wording because they are already inside water. So instead of saying Motindute, they say Motindu, Motindu. So that means there's a lot of water. There's a lot of water. So yeah. like so he's calling for help. He's calling for help. That's very interesting. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yes. Wow. That's that's one is very interesting, and it's 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 one of the things that I think many people do not understand. This many people do not see that these little insects, these things that crawl on the ground, these things that are there that you you go to your farm and you think ah they are nuisance and stuff. These things indicate tells us a lot about how the season is going to be. It's very interesting. And before we actually talk of of how this all this rich information that you have complement the scientific knowledge. We had touched about the challenges you faced and you talked about irrigating of viras and stuff. How, to what extent is deforestation affecting this whole natural phenomena that tells us what to expect and what other challenges are you facing? Um, one of the challenges uh, of um, the socioeconomic uh, part of it, uh, in Bere, our cash crop is Mira. And Mira, Mira is, is cut, yeah? is cut, and it's not like uh, the Mira from Meru. This one we call Mogoka. They are leaves that are chewed. And um, to get Mira all the time, even during the dry spell to harvest it, mm-hmm. you have to irrigate it. It's, that is because um, much area of the Mbere is semi-arid. Yes, yeah, semi-arid. Yeah. Actually, it, we come from a semi-arid, uh, semi-arid land, mm-hmm. and uh, we cannot have water throughout. So we have people actually there is a lot of business of people who have tankers, water tanks because during the dry spell people even from Nairobi go to Mbere because they station there to 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 to, to take water so that they can sell water to the Mira they send water to the Mira farmers so when you irrigate Mira you tamper with the indicators mm-hmm. because if you have uh, a tree like uh, 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 Acacia totiris and you irrigate your mira, and we have a, a tree that we have an acacia near the mira. Actually, when it gets that little water, it changes behavior. And if that tree changes behavior, for somebody who is not keen, might take a sieve, that behavior is an indication of about rains. So that act of uh, Irrigating Mira uh, is a challenge to the project because um, it, it, it has forced the tree to change the behavior. On the other hand, we have uh, the other issues like I was mentioning about uh, the indicator of, um, of um, 
Mutindu and then Baikango. You know, we have uh, the new technologies of farming. Mm. We have like the terraces. Mm. When you construct terraces in your farm, it means you have stopped water from flowing to the river. And when you stop water from flowing, this is where we had uh, small, small, small water pans where we used to to go to to swim. So some of the some of the indicators are gotten from from the activities that we do. Mm. So um, when people tamper with the indicators, it changes the whole thing. So what we are doing now, we are trying to map indicators that are away from the the most populated areas where this growing on Mira is uh, going on. For instance, now we have areas which are big forests where people have not gone inside. We have trees where people are not irrigating and these are the, the trees that are helping us to, to give our focus mm -hmm. and we have mapped all this. Yeah. Yes. And what about cutting of trees, especially indigenous trees? To what extent does it affect? Okay, we have trees that we have been monitoring. Even our forefathers used to see those trees, and they 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 they, they say now uh, we should prepare our land because the rains are near. Mm -hmm. And these people have cut these trees because of the economic problems. They have decided to cut the trees so that they can burn charcoal. And when they burn charcoal now, the cutting of trees. They cut even the, the trees that we monitor, that the trees that help us to, to give the focus. Mm. So this is a big challenge to the project. Yeah. Yes. At Itiki, you work with communities. Tell me more how you now work directly with these communities and, and uh, to collect this knowledge, basically. Uh, we have farmers that we have recruited. We recruit them so that we give them the information about the rains. So before the onset of the rains, we... We, we, we communicate to the farmers through a message. By, by Let me say, by the end of last year, we had around 15,000 farmers. We were giving information. Um, there's a lot you've talked about in terms of indicators that are on the ground and that information that has been used from way back from our forefathers and has been passed on to you. In the first place, was this information passed on to you from your grandfather or how did you get to actually know all this knowledge? Uh, with me, I got interested because at first I was doing uh, ethno-veterinary. I was collecting information from the old people about treatment because I did basic animal health. Mm -hmm. So because of the animal health, I realized that uh, the old people had their ways of treating animals. Sure. So I started documenting uh, ethno-veterinary. Mm -hmm. I went to the old people asking them, if if you had your cow limping, if you had your goat limping, what did you, what, what what did you use? Because there was no treatment before, and they used to tell me when you have your cow limping or your goat limping, this is what we used to cure the the goat. If you could see your cow diarrhea, if you could see your your goat diarrhea, this is what you could use. So I started documenting that, and then all of a sudden I changed. I don't know what happened. I think it was a call. I changed now from Avino Veterinary, and then I started documenting on the traditional early warning systems. Mm. And uh, that is where I started now um, going to the old people, asking them uh, about weather, about the rains. What were they seeing so that they can say the rains were near? Mm. Yes. How long have you done it? 
Okay, I started my documentation in the year 2004. Mm-hmm. How do you work with Kenya Met to actually marry what they have as scientific information and your indigenous knowledge that you've gathered from the field? Before the onset of the rains, the stakeholders of the county come together so that they can develop um, advisories to the farmers. So before the onset of the rains, I'm always invited to this workshop. This workshop takes two to three days. When I'm invited to the workshop, the host of the workshop is the, the meteorological department director, the county director, mm-hmm. Matt. Mm-hmm. So I'm always invited as a, as a stakeholder, but uh, under the umbrella of uh, the indigenous weather forecaster. Okay. So what I normally go to do, my role in the workshop is to to tell the, the participants what have I seen and what are the implications of what indicators I've seen. Then from there, we have also the, the MET people who also talk about scenarios and they mention their scenario because we have three scenarios. We have uh, the normal rains, we have the above rains, mm-hmm. above normal rains, and then we have the below normal. Mm-hmm. So when they mention the scenario, and then I give my focus, then we see uh, because we don't, we 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 we, are, we want to, to to prevent having different uh, focus. Sure. So I give my focus, and then we have the met people give their their scenario. When the the, the met people give their scenario, mm-hmm. if it is uh, above normal, then we compare the notes. We compare notes. If it is the the met people talk about above normal, what did it? The indigenous weather forecaster say mm. he said it is we have these trees and they are talking about good rains so this season is going to be good and because the met people because they rely mostly because the host is talking about scientific yeah we follow scientific but at the same time we look at the indigenous indicators okay. so we have um, we have now the rains above normal you as the stakeholders everybody comes from is department can we now advise farmers because the rains are above normal what do we tell the people in the lower zone what do we tell the people in the middle zone and what do we tell the people in the upper zone mm-hmm. if it is maize what are people in the middle zone going to plant what are people in the lower zone going to plant in terms of varieties if it is beans maize cowpeas green grams and the less okay. yes okay and you also, from that information, you advise the county and you also advise different other stakeholders, right? Yes. Now, from there is when we have now the session or the activity of developing advisories. And uh, we develop ad- advisories to advise every sector, every sector, health, agriculture, the county government, everywhere. We advise we give the advisory. So when you get that booklet, because the advisory, we develop it in, in a kind of, a, it's a kind of a booklet. Mm-hmm. You just go straight to your your area because we have the health sector, we have the, the agriculture department, we have the livestock. So you just look at your area. I think one of the major challenges in the uh, PSP mm-hmm. is the method of dissemination of the advisories. Mm. Sometimes the agricultural people say we are not facilitated to go to the field. But as Itiki, how do you make sure the advisories reach out to your members? Itiki gives an advisory using the local language. And I want to give an example of our focus. Uh, This is Itiki, uh, indigenous weather forecasting. Uh, This season is going to be good. 
go ahead with the preparing because maize and green grams are going to grow well. That is a sample of a text messages that farmers receive from Itiki that Peter has just read. Now, do you give this information throughout the year or are there specific months or before the onset of, um, of a season? Actually, we give uh, our forecast depending on occurrences. The major period is before the onset of the rains. But we, at times, we give other other advisories. Like now, we re we've realized that um, when the pigeon peas are about to, to start flowering, farmers forget to spray. Itiki gives an advisory. Hello, farmers, can you remember now to spray your pigeon peas? Because uh, they are supposed to be sprayed. We, have, we know the times. So we also advise farmers on what to do. We remind the farmers. Because sometimes when farmers go to, to, to spray, they spray when already the, the, the pigeons are already spoiled by the insects mm. or the pests. Mm. Yes. And do you also, when now giving this advisory, do you make sure that in terms of the spring, they also do not kill these particular insects at the same time that you said you depend on to make sure that you also know how the season will be? They do not change the natural environment. During our sensitization meeting, we don't only tell farmers to join a ticket, but we also advise, we also tell farmers. Uh, what they, they are supposed to do during their, 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 their farming activities. Yes. Right. Maybe a final word. And why is this um, indigenous knowledge very, very important? Okay, Sophie, thank you very much. Um, this information is very important to the young people and to the oncoming generation. And uh, I think the best thing is to do a documentation of uh, the information so that uh, it is long lived. Because if we stop it at that, then uh, that will be end of our uh, innovations. Mm -hmm. Because like now, um, not very many young people know about this information. Actually, not even young people. We have old people who don't know this knowledge, who don't have this knowledge. Because the majority of the people now of my age, they don't have this knowledge. We have people uh, who have uh, who are like uh, seventy to eight years. Those are the people who have this knowledge, but not everything, unless somebody has uh, documented. So the documentation is going to be very helpful to the community. Sure. Yes, absolutely. And this is what you and Dr. Masinde has been working with documenting, right? This is what we are doing with Professor Masinde, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I'm very happy that uh, the project is speaking because, as I said, it's in three countries. It's in Kenya, South Africa, and Mozambique. All right. Yes. Thank you so much, Peter, for your time. Thank you, Sophie, also for inviting me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do have yourself a lovely day. And yes, next week we'll have a session with Professor Masinde, who will be telling us all about documenting the indigenous knowledge and disseminating it using different tools to farmers and other different groups she is working with. Remember, this podcast is available on all podcast channels that you access your other podcasts from. Do not forget that you can access this podcast through our website, Africa climateconversations.com. We are also on socials. Please do follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and also like our page on Facebook, Africa Climate Conversations. Until next week, Kwaheri, do have yourself a lovely week.
inaendeshwa na Afripods.